You're listening to Chewing the Fat On Demand. Welcome to it, Chewing the Fat, with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. Thank you so much for uh, for joining in today. Uh, this weekend, uh, I got a big story talking about uh, a huge Ebola outbreak again. The Democratic Republic of Congo. It's the most severe in the country's history. 319 confirmed and probable cases. I mean, here we go again. Ebola. Remember when we had the big Ebola outbreak all over the world and here at the U.S.? I mean, we, uh, yeah, I mean, it was here. I mean, it was in this country and Texas and the wedding lady went to Cleveland and moved around. And we didn't know who had Ebola and who didn't. I mean, it was amazing. And I mean, we still, I still have an actual uh, stuffed strain of Ebola that we hang up on the Christmas tree. We've hung up on the Christmas tree for two or three years. It's the, you know, the, 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 the blood strain, the poison of Ebola, it's a stuffed thing. And, uh, <laughs> my kids every Christmas now, this is a, it's become a Christmas song really, uh, because when we decorate the Christmas tree, we find, Oh, you know, and out comes the strain of Ebola to hang up on the Christmas tree. And then we hang it as we're hanging it up on the Christmas tree. We all sing. Keep away from eyes that bleed Don't lick vomit off the street And I know you don't want to die So slowly back away from that infected guy Stay in Ebola free Stay in Ebola free Don't eat that raw meat and see We'll all be Ebola free. Man, this is, brings back so many good memories, doesn't it? Keep away from those sweaty sheets. Keep away from discharge that secretes. And if you want to call me your fear, put down that glass of diarrhea. Stay in Ebola free. Stay in Ebola free Merry Christmas Don't touch others poop and pee And we'll be Ebola free Just wash your hands and you will see We can be Ebola free From my family to yours Merry Christmas All right, another story that bugged me all weekend was the Victoria's Secret story. All right, I've got a, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six stories on Victoria's Secrets sitting here in front of me. I can tell you them all in my head. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I was so fascinated with it. Victoria's Secret only hires super skinny models, and that's a problem. To whom? Victoria's Secret's fashion show even makes models feel insecure. A right. Sure they do. They're nervous. Victoria's Secret announced its list of what is sexy and it's the worst. Is it? We're nobody's third love. 
We're their first love. The architects of the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show are still banking on bombshells. Uh, yeah. Victoria's Secret doesn't want plus size or trans women walking the runway. Yeah. Victoria's Secret shouldn't dictate what sexy is if transgender models don't fit its fantasy. Okay, here you go. Everyone has different fantasies. Everyone likes different sexy things. For years now, we've all enjoyed Victoria's Secrets as a special little fantasy. Tall, leggy, thin women. Now, they have had some preggers out there walking down the runway. Remember? And it's a show. Victoria's Secret. That's what they do. And this is why you should never apologize. The Victoria's Secret guy got in trouble by talking about uh, not wanting uh, trans and uh, uh, transgender and, and extra uh, uh, people that are overweight. Uh, you know the plus size models. I, I'm sorry. I got to be politically correct with them, right? I'm, yeah, but it's okay to call me fat, but I can't call them fat. No, sorry. Doesn't work that way. Now, the one supersize model, I mean the plus size model, what's her name? I got, no, I should have waited. I should have actually opened the stories now, now that I'm actually telling you the stories because I don't remember every inch of their names. But the one supersize model, the one supersize model was complaining about the Victoria's Secret guy. Not what he didn't want. He didn't want plus size, didn't want the, the trannies walking down the runway, and that's what Victoria's Secret is. So she's all mad, and she tweets. And she tweets how mad she is and, you know, how she won't be wearing Victoria's Secrets. I'm sure Victoria's Secrets is saying, oh, hell. Oh, hell, the supersize won't wear us. Okay, so then the guy apologizes. All right, he takes the heat. He feels the heat. He realizes, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. You're right. Uh, you know, that was a mistake. I went too far. Here, let me apologize. And what does supersize model tweet? Yawn. Here's what they say, y'all. So what difference did it make? It doesn't make any difference. You know what Victoria's Secret is. You know what they do. You know what they present. That's who they are. If you don't like it, there's plenty of other outlets. Every other modeling outfit has to bow down to super size now and tranny size now. Uh, Project Runway did their super size year. Plus size, I got it. Just leave me alone. They did their year, and and by the way, it was just beautiful. It, oh man, it was it was one of their best years ever. Yes, it was. I mean, and now that Project Runway is on Amazon, oh, they're going to be even worse. It's going to be bad, but I'll still watch it because I like it, and uh, and I like and they've ticked me off with an idea that we've had here for a long time and they're using it where you click on an item that you see on the screen and you can buy it. That should have been. Anyway, that's just another side note. So dear supersize models and dear tranny models, start your own supersize secrets. Hey, start your own stores. Start your own fashion line. Do your own, do your own thongs. Do your own supersize. On the runway. But when you're upset at Victoria's Secrets, what is sexy? Young, white, and thin. That's what's sexy. Um, 
Okay. Uh, guess what? Everybody has their own little what's sexy to them. Sometimes it even changes. If you don't like to discuss fantasies and different things that people find sexy, I could do that for another hour and a half if you'd like. No? You just you don't want that to happen? Because we'll go from young, white, and thin to something complete. <laughs> oh, never mind. But we look at the list from Victoria's Secrets, the 2017 hashtag what is sexy list. Bold, powerful, confident. Ooh, let's click on this. Hold on. We're going to see what the, and the winners are. Oh, this, this is all the chicks they think are sexy. This is what they think is sexy. Mandy Moore, sexiest actress. Taylor Swift, sexiest entertainer. Now they love her because she did the show for them. She actually did a great job on that show. That was with Fall Out Boy, and they were great at it, that show. Not that I watched Victoria's Secret's uh, supermodel show, but I don't miss one. Uh, we have a family meeting. We have a, it's a family night around Victoria's Secret's. <laughs> Billy Loud, a sexiest sense of humor. Oof, Billy Lord. Oof, okay, maybe. The Royals' sexiest cast. Come on. With Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones is much sexier than the Royals. Don't don't shake your head at me like that. Come on. Vanessa Hudgens, sexiest style risk taker. Riley Keough, sexiest breakout star. Yeah, she's pretty good. No question about that. Gaga, sexiest songstress. Wait. We're just creating. We're just creating. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know what? We've given Taylor Swift the sexiest entertainer. Lady Gaga, we love her. We want to give her some love. What can we? Let's create a song. She's a songstress. Oh yeah, okay. We're just create. Let's create categories. That's a good idea. Alexandria Richards, sexiest DJ. Okay. Have we not sent my pictures into them? Oh, I'm not a DJ. Another another sexiest rising songstress, BB Rexa. So she's. Now that now she's she's not she's a songstress, but she's just a rising songstress. She's not up to Gaga yet. Sexiest red carpet look, Priyanka Chopra. Who she is that what is that the Chipak's daughter or whatever? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Chipak Chopra or whatever the hell his name. What's his name? Come on, what's his name? All right, so Deepak Deepak Chopra. Chopra, Chopra, whatever you want to call it. I bet you that's his daughter. And then, what are you shaking your head? No, it's not his daughter? Oh, come on. They've got to be. That's got to be. Fa- if, they're, if that's not his daughter, then what are, what are we just bringing over the whole Chopra family? He only got two kids, Milika Chopra and Gotham Chopra. What about Piriyanka, though? That's who we're talking about. I know. Yeah, no. What about her? She's got to no. be on the list because no, 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 no. I already said that's her. that's her, his kid. She's on the list, right? Nope. You liar. You're lying to me what you're doing. Somebody no, has edited. to Rita Chopra. Are you getting this from Wikipedia? This is from Somebody Wikipedia. has edited the Wikipedia page to take her off. That's what's happened. So, it, seriously, look her up. Priyanka, right? Is that her name? Priyanka? P-R-I-Y-A-N-K-A? Chopra? Okay, so that's got to be, like, it's going to say... Edited from Deepak's page, but really his daughter from another mother. So her parents are Maduhu 
Chopra and Ashok Chopra. <laughs> Call me that again. We're going to fight. So she got nothing to do with it. She got nothing. Not even related cousin. No, they got to be related anyway, right? The whole Chopra family. Mom, Pa, Chopra, and the whole Here's Chopra the family. Deepak was born in New Delhi. Yeah. Um, Priyanka was born in Jashpur, India. That's just like that. That's like a suburb. No, of it's New not. Delhi. Oh my gosh, it is too. And the, the where was she born? Jash, Jams, yeah, Jamshedpur. Just India. to the west of New Delhi. It's like a, it's is like it? the suburb. Yeah, it's right there. You take a bus, you're right there. Five minutes. <laughs> Apparently, they're not related. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Nikki Reed, uh, sexy <laughs> inspiration. Okay, stop it. Jim, no, I understand what it meant. Thank you. I know it's a surprise that, that I didn't know what fitness was, but I got it. I mean, thanks for updating me. Victoria Justice, sexiest smile. Jamie Chung, sexiest festival style. Stop it. And was that your girl? That's my girl. Chris Cruz. Oh, you skipped Jamie. Oh, no. Heaven forbid. Olivia Mom, sexiest street style. Really? Palm Springs, sexiest city. Cat eh. Sadler, sexiest snapper. What is that? <laughs> That's not what I was thinking of. Margot Robbie, forever sexy. Chrissy Teigen, sexiest author. You know, I started following her on Instagram. I don't know why. I don't know why. Stop asking me. I don't know why. I just, for some reason, I started following her and I see her in my Instagram feed. I've got to, oh, we got to talk about the Instagram story too. There's a way for us to make a fortune on Instagram. We have to talk about it. We have to become an influencer on Instagram. And we're going to make a fortune. Okay. But aside from that, Chrissy Teigen. So I don't know why I'm following her on Instagram. Stop asking me. I just know that I'm following her. And uh, she's, you know, it's getting to be agonizing. She's always hawking her cookbook. and She's all in love with her husband, hubby, uh, uh, hubby, uh, uh, what's his name? The singer. What's his name? What's her, what's Chrissy Teigen's husband? The, the singer. They're all in love. They got their kids and their family and she's uh, touring. Yeah, John Legend. And John Legend actually is now an EGOT owner right make sure i'm right about that i think john legend is now is one of the egot members i think he just got it so he's got an emmy a grammy an oscar a tony yeah he just became an egot member john john legend just became an egot member good for him good for him lauren conrad sexiest mogul julie johnson sexiest athlete james corden sexiest late night host stop it plus uh, okay, I don't know if you know this or not, but James is not that thin anymore in the in the Victoria's Secret website. This is his promo shot. Uh, perhaps I don't know. This might have been uh, when he was wanting a gig. Twenty years ago, night host. yeah. I mean, he's starting to balloon out a little bit again, just like the rest of us. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I love James. I do like James and the, his carpool karaoke the whole time. I mean, that was genius, genius. And it's going to make him a four. I mean, they're already it's already fortune. But I'm just saying that he's and plus he comes from um, overweight blood. Do you ever see 
you know, his family. All right, let's leave it at that. We'll just be done with that. Because, <laughs> you know, it's in the jeans. Back to you, Aldi. Hey, thanks for uh, coming along for the ride. Remember to uh, subscribe, rate, review, share. As always, I appreciate it very much. The podcast is growing, and that's because of you. So, uh, you know, subscribe and rate it 20 stars, review it, best podcast ever, and share it with anyone you like. We love it. Uh, Don't forget that uh, Monday we always have the extra podcast drop, uh, Talking Walking Dead, which I do with uh, Jason Buttrell and uh, my son Maximus. Um, we talk, uh, specifically walking dead. Um, and so, uh, you can download that, that drops early Monday and then, uh, drops before this one, uh, on my, on the page. And it's just talking walking dead. If you don't like walking dead, don't listen. I don't know why you don't like walking dead, but if you don't, you don't. And if you do enjoy it, and if you haven't listened before, enjoy it. We just recap the show and talk about, uh, talk about what happened on the show. We talk about what we think is going to come up. We have some theories, we have some ideas. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. And then we of course have chewing the fat daily, uh, which drops at four central five Eastern Monday through Friday. So Instagram now is looking for influencers. Depending on how many followers you have and how hot you are, you can make big money as an influencer. But according to Instagram, have no fear because now you can be an influencer too. Uh, People who have as few as 1,000 followers are a growing market in the influencer economy. All right, lack of fame is one of the qualities that make when they recommend things, well, that's kind of true. I kind of go with that. Brands enjoy working with them, partly because they're easy to deal with in exchange for free products or a small commission. Uh, nanos typically say whatever companies tell them to say. That's true. They don't try to change things around. Like <laughs> some talent. Oh, my gosh. Some talents are so needy. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Uh, actually, I might have to think about that, uh, checking in with Instagram. But I was I was looking at uh, one story that we've had in the pile for, uh, it's been in the fat pile for a while now, about um, one Instagrammer, uh, Luca Sabat, uh, being sued by Snapchat, okay, because he had a deal with Snapchat and then broke that deal, and they want their money back. And when you listen to what he was supposed to do, this is what some of, you know, they talk about the nanos will do what they're asked to do. According to the complaint filed on the New York Supreme Court, uh, Sabat was paid $45,000 up front in an influencer marketing deal worth 60000 for four, count them, four unique posts. Sabat or Sabat, I really don't know how to pronounce his name, S-A-B-B-A-T, and I know that you probably do. He's an influencer to you. He's not an influencer to me. Um, so I apologize to Luca Sabat. Um, he has 1.4 million Instagram followers. He's to deliver one Instagram feed post, three Instagram stories of him at New York, Milan, and Paris Fashion Weeks. One of these posts would include a provided swipe-up link to Snap's Spectacles, the smart glasses, that can record short videos for Snapchat. Part of the deal also meant that Sabat had to be photographed wearing spectacles while out in public during Milan and Paris week. 
not even uh, New York. He had to wear the spectacles in Milan and Paris. He was also required to send Instagram posts for approval before publishing them and submit analytics to the firm within 24 hours of posting. In the end, he made one Instagram feed post, one story post, failed to submit post for approval, didn't provide analytics. He was he was photographed without wearing the spectacles at least once. Uh, they want their money back. Snap is like, uh, no, we want our money back. You broke the deal. And so just remember that if you're going to become an influencer and you tell people, hey, this is what I'm going to do for you, then you need to do that for them. It's really simple. Contract? Follow through on the contract. A deal is a deal. Speaking of deals... You can uh, you can get a great deal by buying a raffle ticket for a hundred bucks at mercuryone.org, and uh, you have a chance to win a Mercedes Benz. We have the yearly gala coming up this coming Saturday here at the Mercury Studios, which uh, I don't know if it's sold out yet or not. So you can go to mercuryone.org, uh, look for the gala link, go there, look for the uh, raffle link, uh, go there. I'm sure it's mercuryone.org/slash gala 2018 or something like that but just go to mercuryone.org and then uh you know they'll provide you with the links there right at the home page of mercury one and uh follow the links but for a 100 bucks you get a chance at a mercedes-benz and that's really a, a really kind of cool and you have no idea i said on my instagram post we do a pre-show instagram feed post just to kind of update and have a little fun on instagram before the show before i record the podcast and uh i talked about uh i want to win this so bad. I'm going to have to buy a ticket for a hundred bucks just for the chance, just for the chance that that thing is circling around, circling around and Glenn Beck reaches in and pulls out the card. And the winner of the new Mercedes Benz for Mercury one.org is Jeff Fisher. Do I want that to happen so bad? Now, if your name is pulled and you say to yourself, I don't want it, but give it to Jeffy. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. No problem. Mercury1.org. So good luck, and I will see you if you're coming to the gala next Saturday here at Mercury Studios. All right, so we got the news today that uh, Stan Lee, the comic book mastermind who uh, really changed the landscape of uh, superhero superheroes alone uh, by creating uh, all kinds of uh, beloved characters uh, has passed away at the age of 95. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit to uh, Brad Meltzer, who, uh, you know, is uh, <laughs> the man himself in his own right. Uh, also, uh, you know, bowed down to the greatness of Stan Lee. Uh, that he was. Brad, thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. It's good to talk to you. No, of course. Thank you for talking about him. Um, well, he's, I mean, how can you not? It's, it's, uh, it's Stan Lee. Um, did you, uh, did you ever have an opportunity to work with him? You know, um, he, he asked me to work with him many years ago and, uh, it just, our schedules did not work out. Um, but when I was researching, 
I did a novel about the creation of Superman and, uh, and where Superman came from. And was to my own surprise, people said, me need to go to speak to Stan Lee. And I was like, wait, but he's Marvel, and that was DC. And they said, yeah, but he knew Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. They were all coming up together. They were all kids together. Right. And, um, and so I got to spend some time on the phone with him, tell me about their, how they were when they were starting. And um, he was just always, even my limited interactions with him, just the nicest guy. And I, in fact, was just writing about him, getting my thoughts together. And, and what I realized, Jeffy, is that when I think of him, um, is he gave us more than Iron Man and the X-Men and Fantastic Four and, of course, Spider-Man. But he gave us creeds to live by. He gave us principles to emulate. He gave us villain, villains and racism to fight. And those things he gave me were the vital cornerstones of my own belief yeah. system, my sense of responsibility, my sense of hope. Um, and, and that stuff matters. It wasn't just guys wearing the underwear on the outside of their pants. It mattered. Good was supposed to win. Evil was um, and, supposed and to I be down. And good does win, right? Right. But, but it takes people like Stan Lee to remind us and give us the lessons because I think right now – um, that's what I fear about in life is, you know, when I look now, his stories were so powerful because we could use them. And today, that's what I struggle with most. We've lost our sense of good. You know, what yeah, he sure did, have. unlike politicians today, unlike corporations, unlike advertising, unlike anything else, those lessons that he gave us were good. And we've lost our sense of good. We know how to fight. But if you're just trying to win and you're fighting for nothing but yourself or you're fighting just for power, well, you've already lost. And that's what that's what I grieve today. Not just a man, but that idea. And he had uh, I mean, he had an amazing life uh, in and of itself uh, between the, uh, you know, the Marvel deals and the comic books and the characters. I know uh, this weekend was, uh, you know, the celebration of Veterans Day and he was, you know, he was a veteran uh, working for uh, the U.S. Army uh, in World War II. And uh, one of the saddest things, I thought, was that, uh, you know, he lost his wife um, uh, last year. Um, it, you know, and he was married to her for 70 years. And how many times do we hear that, uh, you know, couples that have been together forever, one of them passes away and the other one just doesn't seem to make it much longer? It's sad. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, and, um, you know, I actually never met his wife. Heard she was amazing. She was the one I never met. Um, but I think what was more brokenhearted for me is that you heard that those final years were tough. Right. Um, and he had money. It wasn't like most comic creators where they have no money. But, it, you know, you just didn't know who was taking care of the guy once his wife was gone. Um, and I usually am not one of those people who feels like I'm glad people are at peace. I, I want people with me. I want my loved ones with me. I'm right. tired of peace. You know, like I wish <laughs> my mom and my dad were still alive, even though I know they're at peace. Right. But I'm glad Stan Lee's at peace. I feel like he was struggling in some weird way, whatever our own spidey senses were going off. It just didn't, something felt wrong. And, um, God, did he, uh, did he stand for so much more? And I, you know, one of the things I wrote on my, in my Facebook and Twitter and all that is Stanley lives forever. Stanley lives forever. No question. I wanted to, and I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes out of your day today just to, uh, you know, talk a little bit about uh, the man himself and give him a little bit of love and memory uh, during uh, during Chewing the Fat here today, this afternoon, that'll be posted uh, a little bit later today. One of the things that uh, I have a question of, though, is I'm, I'm wondering uh, off the top of my head, how many films that he's already filmed uh, bit pieces in that haven't been aired? Are we still going? We're still oh, going to yeah. be able to. We're still yeah, be able to I mean, go into share them. You know that the, the just you know the next one is. You know the next two are right. 
you know that Captain Marvel's already filmed, and you know that uh, Avengers Infinity War is already filmed. So we'll be fortunate so, enough to see that for sure. Yeah, and you know those things. Uh, it's going to be one of those things that takes you right out of the moment, but and it'll make you feel sad. But man, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, Brad Meltzer, um, thank you so much. Listen, I'll let you go. I know you're busy, and I, I just wanted to steal a couple of minutes from you today. Thank you so much. BradMeltzer.com. We'll talk to you soon. I know you're uh, I know you're busy. I know you're creating your own works for your, for your own self, and I want to talk to you about it as well. But I just wanted to steal a couple of minutes of your time today for Stan. Of course, brother. And, Stan, and uh, love your way always. Thanks for uh, remembering the good guys. I appreciate it. Peace. Okay, bro. Take care. Brad Meltzer, I love him. Uh, I appreciate him taking the time out of his day to talk to us a little bit about uh, Stan Lee today. And uh, we'll get Brad back on. You know, Christ, he's got kids' books to hawk and novels to hawk. and He's doing Facebook Lives. He's got movies coming out. He's got all kinds of things happening. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to him again soon uh, for the holidays. And if you have an opportunity that you're looking to buy something that you want educational for the kids, go to bradmelzer.com. And get one of get one of Brad's books for your kids, or you know what? It's Christmas. Just buy the lot of them. And be done with it. So apparently, Mike Pompeo is all wound up, and I can't figure out why he's all wound up about this, but he is. And speaking of Mike Pompeo, what made me think of him is I looked up while we're recording this podcast, and I see the. Kashagi uh, Shaggy story, uh, shag carpet story, Kashagi Shaggy from Saudi Arabia where he was killed in Turkey. And uh, I, I believe that I called what they're saying, right? He was killed. It was planned. It was a rogue agent. They went too far. Sorry, we've already taken care of it. It's over. Have a nice day. So, okay, there you go. That's what's going to happen. But it made me, they had Mike Pompeo's name up there, which made me think of him. And so then it made me think of this story. Apparently... Uh, uh, Heather Norat, right? Norat, uh, got Mike Pompeo all worked up and all mad because of her story, <laughs> which is now being called the Pompeo cheese incident. I mean, this is, this is a state department reckoning going on right here. Okay. And apparently, you know, you know, you don't want to be messing with Mike Pompeo and his cheese incident. Uh, Bloomberg State Department correspondent Nick Wadhams uh, included a curious antidote in his report about Pompeo's frustrating trip to North Korea. In the story, it says, by the morning of his second day, Pompeo had enough. Instead of the elaborate breakfast prepared for him, he ate toast and slices of processed cheese. I mean, that's just a poor man's grilled cheese. And not really a poor man. It's just a quick macaroni and cheese, a quick uh, grilled cheese. Right and and the and the the processed cheese, the processed Velveeta style cheese, that melts the best on toast. So you get the toast just right. You pop the toast out hot. You put the two slices on the bread or three or four, and then you put the other slice on top of those, and you hold it there for a little bit. They melt together nicely, and you got yourself a grilled cheese. You're living large. There's no dirty pan, no cl- no fuss, no muss. Pompeo was livid when he read that Bloomberg had reported he'd eaten processed Velveeta-style cheese. <laughs> Demanded Nort bring him a head on a plate. He wanted Wadham's head on a plate. 
But a lot of them was like, um, uh, but she's the one that told me about the the cheese thing. Uh, she's the one that said, go ahead and write about it. Ooh, not good. So he's still pissed at Wadham, though, the actual writer. He was banned from his plane. <laughs> he couldn't fly with the, with the Secretary of State for the Holinsky Summit. That's actually Helsinki. I got it. Just stop it. Look at me like that. Um, I am in love with this. I don't know why he's so mad about it. Because, I mean, look, he's a fellow fat guy. We all get it. You're all wound up and they brought you some North Korea strawberries and grapes and you just wanted a grilled cheese. What's the big deal? Bring me a couple of slices of cheese from the plane. Make me some toast and I'm having a grilled cheese sandwich. I mean, that's living large. Maybe. You know why he's so mad? Probably because he's not supposed to be eating that. The wife's probably got him on a diet. They're trying to trim him down a little bit. And uh, Trump's probably giving him a hard time every now and then. Hey, Mike. Need a grilled cheese? And uh, Trump's probably emailing him every now and then. Hey, Mike. Want to go out for the grilled cheese? He's probably pissed. So, uh, I mean, that's why he's wound up. But it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, it'd be fun. I can't, what we need to do, I'd like to get Mike Pompeo on this broadcast, the Secretary of State on Chewing the Fat. Now, that's a get. Chewing the Fat has Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on it. Come on now. Get Mike on the phone. We'll talk to him about, we'll talk to him about what's going on in the world and how difficult it is for him and uh, what's happening and we're dealing with Saudi Arabia and Turkey and the difficulties in North Korea. And there's plenty of difficulties uh, around the world that the Secretary of State has to deal with. And then when I set him up for that, then we'll ask him, hey, Mike, let me ask you. I mean, Secretary of State Pompeo, now let me ask you a question. Uh, were you really upset about the grilled cheese sandwich thing or was that just a joke? Because I got no problem with your having toast and cheese in the, for breakfast. I got no problem with that. I'm, you know, I'm with you. That'd probably go over really good. And uh, one thing that I'd like to say, I'd like to end with is uh, I find it fascinating that uh, Twitter uh, at Jack uh, is now wants to needs to gauge the intent of fake news before taking action. Do you think, Jack, maybe you got in too much heat by taking somebody's joke tweet down about uh, voting on Wednesday the 7th instead of Tuesday the 6th? And it, it wasn't trying to, uh, it wasn't trying to affect the election. It was a joke. Fake news as a category, or misinformation as a category, is just way too big because fiction and jokes could also be classified as misinformation. You think, Jack? How about this? Here's I got, I got a way for you to solve it, Jack. All right. Don't do anything. Make sure that a person's tweet goes to whoever is following them. Done. You're good. How about that? How about you make sure, and I'm okay with you going in and making sure that all the accounts are actual humans and aren't bots. I'm okay with that. Other than that, though, I don't, how about you do nothing? You don't, you don't worry about what I'm tweeting you don't worry about what Chris Cruz is tweeting. You don't worry about what Glenn Beck is tweeting. You don't worry about what Louis Farrakhan is tweeting. You let them tweet whatever the hell they want to tweet. And then let us decide who we want to follow, 
who we want to read, who we want to believe, and we'll go from there. And then you're done. How about we do that? Huh? I know I'm living a pipe dream. I know, because you can't just keep, you couldn't do that, could you? No, you got to get your little meddling hands in there, your little at Jack meddling hands in there and try to fix all the world's problems so that the world is just like you want it to be. Good luck, Jack. Good luck. Don't forget, though, your next purge, Jack. Don't forget about me, okay? At Jeffy MRA. I'm good. Thanks. (laughs) 